Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. To the girl who hates those hot dog leg selfies and just wants to snap up a hot deal. Oh, there's another one. Hashtag rest assured at summergirl38. Message received. And to the working man who hasn't had a vacay in what feels like forever. It's just been so busy. That rest I... assured, busy bee. I got you. Please don't call me that. Whatever you're planning this summer, for a better rate, make it Maldron. Join now and save 10 euro at maldronhotels.com. Terms and conditions apply. The views and opinions expressed on the following program are those of the host and guests and do not necessarily represent those of any organization, including One Generation Away. The freedom of a people to choose its leaders is the root of liberty. Keep alive this experiment in liberty. Liberty, in case you've forgotten, is the soul's right to breathe. Government should be very minimal in protecting liberty. Peace cannot be purchased at the cost of liberty. The sturdy ground of liberty. Liberty once lost is lost forever. Fight for their liberty and for our security. Guarantees individual liberty. This great republic born alone in liberty. 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 Just how much do you want liberty? This is Liberty Nation with Tim Donner, cutting through the double talk, taking on the topics, going after what the politicians really mean, and making it all clear. For your freedom and your liberty, Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. The tax man cometh, and so does the beatdown on Michael Cohen and Sean Hannity and the redemption tour of James Comey. Welcome back into Liberty Nation Radio, a production of LibertyNation.com. And this week we'll cover a lot of ground, from Comey to Cohen to Hannity, as we offer a double helping of our signature segment, Say What? LibertyNation.com economics affairs correspondent Andrew Moran joins us to discuss the fairness of the federal tax system, and LibertyNation.com legal affairs editor Scott Cosenza jumps on board for Talk and Liberty, featuring the introduction of a bill to decriminalize marijuana across the country, plus the 25th anniversary of the FBI siege in Waco. Say what? Say what? Say what? One more time. We kick things off with Say What, featuring some of the most wacky, astonishing, and damnable things uttered by politicians and the chattering class on the events and issues of the day. And we've got so much material for you this week, we're devoting two segments of the show to say what. When the FBI raided the office, home, and hotel room of one of Donald Trump's lawyers and fixer, Michael Cohen, little did we know that one of the people who'd be caught up in the dragnet would be Sean Hannity? The Fox News host was named as one of Cohen's clients in a court hearing and was immediately and widely attacked by leftist so-called journalists who were aghast that Hannity, about the most transparent supporter of President Trump in the entire media, had not revealed that he was a, quote, client 
of Michael Cohen when he opined on his show about the raid on Cohen. Hannity said he's a friend of Cohen but has never been a client of his and said this attack is typical of the hypocritical leftist establishment media. I'm not surprised that the media is going after me. It's predictable. It's pathetic. Now, here's the truth. The media is guilty of every single solitary thing they have been accusing me of over the last 24 hours. And they sure as heck don't want to talk about or care about transparency. Take a look at ABC News, George Stephanopoulos, the so-called journalist that secured the first interview with disgrace, former FBI Director James Comey. Now, did George Stephanopoulos ever disclose the fact that during the interview that he worked on Bill Clinton's 92 presidential campaign and was a communications director and then served in the Clinton White House as a senior advisor? Or how about the fact that George donated 75 grand to the Clinton Foundation? And all of it explains why Stephanopoulos put on the kid gloves and didn't ask James Comey the tough questions. Now, one thing is just a fact. I am honest about who I am and what my political beliefs are. Unlike so many in the elite leftist media who hide their bias. In addition to Stephanopoulos, here's just a couple more examples. How many viewers know that CBS News President David Rhodes is the brother of Ben Rhodes, a high-ranking advisor to President Barack Obama. What about the fact that the 15-year-old son of Jeff Zucker, president of CNN, was hired by left-wing Senator Cory Booker as a millennial advisor to Booker's internet startup company and granted substantial stock options before the conflict was so obvious that the son was forced to resign in 2013. The list goes on and on, but suffice it to say the naked hypocrisy of the establishment media has rarely been more on display than during their sanctimonious beatdown on Sean Hannity. Meanwhile, it's safe to say that one James Comey dramatically overestimated the reservoir of respect and love for him among the American people. This is a guy who infuriated the right by overstepping his bounds as FBI director and making a decision by himself not to indict Hillary Clinton. Then he made himself an enemy of the left by essentially reopening the Clinton email investigation just 11 days before the election and then infuriated the right again with revelations that he had authorized an application for a FISA warrant to surveil the Trump campaign without revealing that it was based on a sordid and unverified opposition research dossier funded by the Clinton campaign, not to mention his constant posturing and grandstanding and falsehoods in his statements to congressional committees. In his much-publicized interview on ABC with George Stephanopoulos, one statement in particular stood out, and it revolved around politics, something that's supposed to be ignored by the FBI director. As Comey was asked about his decision to reveal that the FBI was examining new emails discovered on the laptop of Anthony Weiner in the days leading up to the 2016 election, and longtime Clinton operative Lanny Davis dressed him down over that. At some level, wasn't the decision to reveal influenced by your assumption that Hillary Clinton was going to win? It must have been. I don't remember consciously thinking about that, but it must have been. Because I was operating in a world where Hillary Clinton was going to beat Donald Trump. 
only a narcissist who thinks he's above everybody and he gets to decide what to do would answer that way and it's disgusting that we have an FBI director who puts himself above the law, above the attorney general and the president. He gets to decide what's best for the country, that he didn't want Hillary Clinton to be elected without writing a speculative letter that six days later turned out to be about nothing. And Lanny Davis has written a book entitled The Unmaking of a President in which he offers exhaustive and compelling evidence that support for Hillary collapsed after Comey's October surprise and cost her the election. But the problems for James Comey were hardly limited to the left when he continued his book tour on the ABC daytime chat-up show The View. He was greeted by this question and invective from the show's token Republican, Megan McCain. I think it's worth noting that David Axelrod, a big Democrat, who's a former chief strategist to President Obama, said, I have no doubt about its brilliance when it comes to book sales. Maybe he should have called it higher royalties. What do you say to people like him and people like me that think you're just doing this for money and attention? I think that maybe J. Edgar Hoover is rolling over in his grave at saying the types of things you're saying and revealing the types of things you're revealing. But wait, that's not all. When Comey was speaking at a book signing in New York, he was interrupted by a hostile question from conservative activist Laura Loomer before she was shouted down. Hey, Mr. Comey, hey, how is it ethical to brief the president of the United States on an unverifiable and salacious dossier? And how is it ethical leadership to not tell him that his political opposition, Hillary Clinton, paid for that? You didn't you didn't disclose that information. Why didn't you disclose to President Trump that his opposition paid for the material? You are not an ethical leader. Ma'am, you're going to have to leave. So that woman was kicked out of the room. But James Comey will doubtless continue to desperately seek attention. And the unkindest cut of all is that he will soon discover that no one is any longer paying attention. Liberty Nation understands how busy you are. That's why you can now get our articles to go. For an audio version of our top stories, simply go to Listen to the News, that section on LibertyNation.com. Click on the Play SoundCloud or Play in Browser tab at the top of each article and let our narrators do the reading for you. We've got some more Say What coming up later in the show, but first, with another tax day having come and gone... We'll discuss the fairness, or lack thereof, of the income tax and whether the rich are paying their fair share with LibertyNation.com economics correspondent Andrew Moran when we return. Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. What we have heard here today has been a political spectacle. We elect these guys to run the country. They're just not doing their job. This is Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. So another tax day has come and gone. And even though the tax reform bill that's gone into effect this year has lowered the tax burden on people a bit, income taxes remain a controversial subject as they always have been. Boiling it down to its basics, conservatives believe we are taxed too much, way too much, 
while leftists think the rich in particular are taxed way too little. Joining us to assess the fairness of the tax code is LibertyNation.com economics correspondent Andrew Moran, author of a piece on our site this week entitled, Do the Rich Pay Their Fair Share? Andrew, welcome. Thank you for having me. And I love the way you start off your piece writing that Mark Twain remarked that the only difference between the tax man and a taxidermist is that the latter only takes your skin. (laughs) That's a great line. And then you went on to say a leftist would protest this humorous quote, shrieking the taxes are what we pay for a civilized society. These are typically the obnoxious wails of progressives who routinely demand that the rich need to pay their fair share for more government and to fund their causes and pet projects. And then later in the piece, you write that leftists, I love this one too, that leftists are rushing to the beard-stroking, monocle-wearing, orphan-beating, stick-carrying, coin-counting 1% to satisfy their hunger, uh, bringing to mind images of Charles Dickens in that era. Uh, Hilarious stuff, Andrew. So are you saying the rich pay too much in income taxes? Uh, One of the reasons why I wrote this article was that when you keep hearing Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren prattle on about the rich paying their fair share, I just want to ask, do the rich even pay their fair share? And the answer is, yes, they do. If you comb through all the IRS data, uh, this is what you find. The bottom 50% pay only 3% of federal income taxes. You remember Mitt Romney when he said that 47% don't pay anything at all. He was right. Uh Uh, So so the top 50%, they pay 97%. Of the taxes. So when you start determining who the 50% is, you see that 40% of the taxes are paid for by the top 1%, which is, you know, the most vilified group in the United States in the world today. And this has been the trend since the 80s, and it, which is interesting because the 80s has been considered the greed is good era. Uh, when, when Ronald Reagan entered the White House, the top 1% were responsible for 20%. And then by the, by, the, by the end of Obama's tenure, that number dramatically skyrocketed. And even under President Trump's tax reform bill, about a fifth of Americans earning or 20% of Americans who earn 150 grand are still paying about 87% of the total income taxes. So why, why is the left and why are Democrats angry if that's the case? Well, it may be that the most appropriate emblem of the establishment mindset is that when the income tax was first introduced about a century ago, the American people were promised it would never exceed 1%. Mm-hmm. And yet it eventually reached over 70 percent uh, before John F. Kennedy's tax reduction in the early 1960s. And it's now in the 40 percent range for for high earners. How did this happen over the course of a century? Well, it's easy. It's the nature of a government. It expands. It swells. It's like the blob uh, with Steve McQueen. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger uh, because <laughs> the government needs to keep going back to the well to cover all the goodies they've promised to the people. When the government when the government program becomes too costly, they have to raise taxes on the fruits of the labor, and they usually turn to the rich to do it. And they want to act like Santa Claus. So they need to find the money somewhere. So they were able to get they were able to get away with it because they regurgitated the notion that you need taxes for a civilized society. Uh, which was successful because people, people of course, fell for it. But then when they realized they couldn't keep up the theft of the public's income, the state found new ways to nickel and, nickel and dime you, particularly, uh, of course, you know, turning on the, print, uh, the printing presses to mask the larceny and uh, to monetize the debt. Well, now let's talk about this whole system of progressive taxation where wealthy sure. people pay a higher rate than the less well-off. I mean, 
If I make 10000 Andrew, and you make 100000 and we're both taxed at a rate of, say, 10%, I'll pay 1000 in taxes, and you'll pay 10000 10 times as much. How, then, is it not fair to have the same rate of taxation for everybody? Well, I, I look at it in a different way. So I look at it no matter what scheme you put together for taxation, whether it's progressive taxation, a flat tax, or varying levels of taxes, it all leads down the same road, and that's theft. So when the, the government is still taking your money in, no matter if a, a receptionist is paying 10% or the or Warren Buffett is paying you know uh, the same rate as she is. So like Milton Freeman said, I support cutting taxes at any time for any reason for everybody. And of course, they should be followed by sending cuts, but that, that doesn't seem to, seem to be in the future at all. So I, I don't really care about the, about the different categories and levels of taxation. I just want income taxation gone, period. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Milton Friedman, because I'll never forget the comment uh, of a leftist economist who was asked about the theories of Milton Friedman. And he said, you know what? He's right about everything, but I just don't have the stomach to implement what he proposes. I read a report the other day that said uh, since the last tax day, the U.S. government has taxed and borrowed four point four trillion dollars. That's, that's incredible. People have been have seen their taxes raised steadily over the course of 100 years mm-hmm. from when they were promised it would never the income tax would never exceed 1%. But I want to explore the concept of replacing the income tax with a consumption tax, understanding mm-hmm. that you don't support the income tax at all, but in a consumption tax, people are taxed on what they spend instead mm-hmm. of what they earn. Now we're taught as children to work more work hard, save as much as possible, and spend as little as possible. But doesn't the current system penalizing work and essentially rewarding consumption stand in direct opposition to what we were taught as children? I do agree that the the president's income tax system disincentivizes work. But if if you have to look at consumption tax as just as odious as an income tax, because it's a tax on living. So an income is a tax on on your hard work. And then the uh, consumption tax is tax on just, you know, getting by day to day. I have to pay a tax on energy. I have to pay a tax on baby clothing. I have to pay a tax on going to the opera. I have to pay a tax on any little thing I buy. It's just as, it's just as grotesque as income tax to present such an idea. Now, when it comes to, when it comes to what you're saying before about the, uh, incentives to work if the government slices more at 60 65 grand a year than at 60 grand then i would try to vo- avoid hitting that sixty-five thousand dollar threshold so therefore i would have to you know I would work less so at the same time if you want to min- minimize the idea of consumerism and consumption then you need to teach people who an econ- how an economy really grows and how it functions. So a real economy is based on savings and investments, and then those savings can be used to consume. Uh, so, But running an economy on debt and borrowing isn't the way to do it at all. Uh, why do you think so many jurisdictions around the world are having a hard time maintaining any type of momentum? Because the consumer is tapped out being over-borrowing, over-taxed. So you're stuck uh, in between a, hard, a rock and a hard place because you have an income tax that's you know dis- disincentivizing people to work, but then you have a consumption tax that disincentivizes people to buy anything. So, again, you know, my point of view is just don't have income tax, don't have any consumption tax whatsoever, because why would you want to tax someone's hard work at the same time tax their buying habits? Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate your insights. Thank you very much. Andrew Moran, economics correspondent for LibertyNation.com. Quick break, and then we've got more say what for you, including the debate over whether Donald Trump obstructed justice by firing James Comey. 
George W. Bush makes a rare TV appearance following the death of his mother, and those never-Trump Republicans just keep on keeping on. Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. What we have heard here today has been a political spectacle. We elect these guys to run the country. They're just not doing their job. This is Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. We continue on now with part two of Say What, featuring wacky, astonishing, and damnable things uttered by politicians in the chattering class. And the debate rages about the firing of James Comey, which triggered the appointment of special counsel Robert Mueller. On CNN, two famous liberal lawyers went head-to-head. Alan Dershowitz pointed to history in shooting down the notion that President Trump obstructed justice when he fired Comey and was challenged by Jeffrey Tubin. The president does have the authority under a unitary executive theory to tell his attorney general, I want you to investigate this, but not that. Thomas Jefferson said, I want you to put Aaron Burr in jail. Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, I want you to put the Nazi saboteurs in the electric chair. That's not okay, but it's not illegal today under the law. But if the president fires the FBI uh, director to stop him from investigating the president himself, that is a corrupt motive. That is the definition of obstruction of justice. You never can have a crime where the intent is the whole thing. You have to have an illegal act. And you can't have an illegal act when the president acts within his constitutional authority. It would undercut the power of the president to start questioning why he pardoned, why he fired. Once he did it, and it's within his authority, you can't question him, just like you can't question a senator for his vote on the Senate floor, and you can't question a judge for their vote in the Supreme Court. In the end, you need to remember that no actual crime has to be committed for the House of Representatives to introduce articles of impeachment Only what the House considers an impeachable offense, which, of course, is a purely speculative, subjective judgment. But to impeach Trump, the Democrats would, of course, have to cash in on the alleged blue wave that the media keeps reporting on and pick up 24 seats in the House to gain the majority. Of course, impeachment has been in the air for some time on the left, like since the day after Trump was elected. But perhaps they'll be ramping down their rhetoric about it just a touch as the midterm elections beckon in about six and a half months, evidenced by one of the most virulent anti-Trump leftists in the Senate, New Jersey's Cory Booker, saying he and his colleagues will take it slow on talk of impeachment. I think that we we undermine our position as Democrats uh, Uh, If we are reaching out now for impeachment, which is just going to whip up more of Mm. uh, uh, the political divisions, the political debates, I know I'll take criticism for that, but that's okay. We need to have sober minds, fact-based conclusions. Did you hear that? Booker says he'll be criticized for saying we should have sober minds and fact-based conclusions. More evidence that the left will do just what... Special counsel Robert Mueller is doing, targeting the man and then finding the crime, a modus operandi ordinarily associated not with a constitutional republic, but rather a police state. 
And after months and months of investigation, three separate investigations, or is it four? Can't, can't remember now. There's been zero evidence of collusion between Trump and Russia, and if there was, you can be sure we'd know about it by now because it would certainly have been leaked. Everything is leaked these days. Barbara Bush died this week. She was the wife of more than 70 years to the 41st president, George H.W. Bush, and mother to the 43rd president, a grand dame of the highest order. And that led to Bush 43, George W. Bush, making a rare appearance on TV on Fox Business. And his most notable remark, other than paying tribute to his mother, was a stark one about 9-11. People are forgetting the lessons of 9-11. And one of the major lessons of 9-11 is the human condition elsewhere matters to our national security. It's in our nation's interest uh, for women to be uh, successful in the Middle East, for example, or for civil society to take hold, because it's with civil society and people having a say in the future of their governments that the foundation for peace is laid. I'm guessing that means that, for what it's worth, George W. Bush is still a big supporter of nation-building, which was unfortunately a disaster in Iraq. But there are many Republicans and conservatives who still yearn for the days of George W. Bush and his father and Ronald Reagan, I guess, and despise President Trump, even though he is a Republican and has advanced an unmistakably conservative agenda. And CNN, the most virulently anti-Trump channel on your TV, has cornered the market on these never-Trump Republicans. They love calling them Republicans and trotting them out as if they're representative of the mass of Republican voters. Here is, quote, conservative S.E. Cup attacking Trump for criticizing U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley after she announced missile strikes on Syria before the decision was apparently final and taking up the rhetoric of the left on her CNN show. Nikki Haley is not here for your sexism, White House. Now, I'm not prone to cry sexism. I don't do it often or lightly. But there's no other word to describe the way President Trump and his advisors have treated a woman who is arguably his strongest, most competent and effective cabinet official. UN Ambassador Nikki Haley was not only hung out to dry by the Trump administration, she was then dismissed and head padded by an old boys club Trump advisor who thought he could. And it was shameful. Again, that is not a leftist, but a self-proclaimed conservative S.E. Cup on CNN as the dwindling ranks of never-Trump Republicans carry on their beatdown on Trump with impunity, believing there will be no price to pay among the grassroots and party faithful in the years ahead. But when you're a conservative or Republican who detests a Republican president, take note, George Will and Bill Kristol and S.E. Cup and your fellow never-Trump travelers, there will be no place to run and no place to hide. Well, Liberty Nation understands how busy you are. That's why you can get our articles to go for an audio version an audio version of Top Story, simply go to the 
Listen to the news section on LibertyNation.com. Click on the Play SoundCloud or Play in Browser tab at the top of each article and let our narrators do the reading for you. What could be easier than that? Quick break, and then we're back with LibertyNation.com legal affairs editor Scott Cosenza discussing the introduction of a bill to decriminalize pot across the country, plus the 25th anniversary of the FBI siege in Waco. Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. And now it is time for our regular segment here on Liberty Nation, which we call Talkin' Liberty. It is self-evident as to what we discuss as we welcome in our regular contributor, constitutional lawyer, and LibertyNation.com legal affairs editor, Scott Cosenza. Or do I have to put the D in the middle now with the Scott D. Cosenza thing? As I please, As I please. Okay. Well, I'm going to... The good news and the bad news... Uh, to start this off, is that I'm going to have you detail a bill which you clearly would support, but at the same time, I'm going to ask you to say something complimentary about Chuck Schumer, because... Strange days indeed. Strange days indeed, but the, the conflict that we've faced for some time since several states, five or six of them now, led by Colorado, Oregon, Washington, whatever, uh, have legalized, fully legalized marijuana for sale, for possession, for purchase, uh, while the rest of the country has a mix of medical marijuana law. Some states have no legal marijuana rights at all, but it's still a federal crime to oh, yes. even possess marijuana. But One joint, one the, leaf, the, one anything. The aforementioned uh, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer is introducing a bill that would decriminalize marijuana at the federal level across the nation. Well, uh, the important thread from that, I think, is the minority leader, Chuck Schumer. And so this is not some outlier senator, uh, which, you know, have in the past tried to get this through. This is the minority leader of the U.S. Senate, who may well be the majority leader uh, of the U.S. Senate, uh, you know, if we're having this conversation in a year. We'll see about that. But in either case, it's a very important— Well. Whether you doubt that the the Democrats may uh, get the leadership uh, or majority in the Senate, the fact that he is their leader and has put forth this legislation, Mm -hmm. um, it makes it all that much more important. And so it's a very big, uh, a very big bill. Now, the bill itself has not been introduced as of press time. So the devil in these things is always in the details. Right. Before we can say uh, and I certainly will not praise the senator unless and until I read the bill and approve of it. Uh, in its uh, maybe not in its entirety, but in its majority, there could be provisions in there that are odious to uh, liberty minded people, you know, whether it be funding of treatment to some huge uh, you know, bill for the taxpayers, for instance, or some other provisions. We don't know yet. We do know that according to uh, Senator Schumer's statements and the statements of Mr. House's press uh, uh Secretary liaison, liaison sure, right. Right. Uh, press director, uh, that that the bill will be introduced, and the big announcement was that he now favors legalization. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it's probably just a craven political stance for, for Mr. Schumer, I'm guessing, but in any case, we'll take the win for liberty, and if fewer people could be locked up for possessing a plant or selling it or farming it, Tim, I think that this is a great uh, boon for liberty in the country. Well, many people do the right things for the wrong reasons. Yeah. That's what politics is 
all about. And some people do the wrong things for the right reason, et cetera. But it seems to me this is going to be instructive in terms of the reaction of the Senate writ large to this bill, both Republicans and Democrats. I mean, to some extent, what Schumer's doing, like most politicians, is sticking his finger in the air and taking Mm -hmm. the pulse and see which way the wind is blowing. And this is clearly indicative that the wind is blowing heavily in the direction. Well, there's uh, a lot more money to be made uh, in freedom in this regard than prohibition. And the politicians are now uh, figuring that out, that the uh, the, 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 the sort of neo-teetotalers and the law enforcement and prosecutor unions and uh, and their checks are just not measuring up. And we see this in Colorado and Washington and California, the checks from the producers and the sellers, mm-hmm. uh, the free market is one, are, are eclipsing those. It's amazing so, how, how roaring tax revenues can tend to, to <clears throat> guide policy oh, prescriptions. And, and, and I, I'm referring to campaign contributions and PACs Well, and that as well, else. of course. That but is where— we, we would be remiss, though, if we didn't mention Cory Gardner, the senator from Colorado, and his efforts to harmonize, shall we say, federal law with state law where they're in conflict about the issue of weed. I don't know if I would necessarily go that far to say harmonize, but we had a system in this country pursuant to what was called the Cole Memorandum, something that was issued under the Obama uh, Justice Department that said if people were not violating their own state laws uh, with marijuana, then the federal government wouldn't prosecute them. And Jeff Sessions, who has been shockingly prohibitionist in his uh, policies for marijuana. I mean, marijuana was never, you know, that high on the, <laughs> the enforcement ladder uh, or radar mm-hmm. screen of the, the federal justice department compared to the, uh, the harder drugs. But Jeff Sessions just has this, um, marijuana for him is a, <laughs> it's a personal it's issue. Just, apparently it's yeah. a, he's impassioned uh, with, he's a, he, you know, his prohibitionism uh, animates him. So he revoked that, that memorandum and basically told his U.S. attorneys to go forth and, and prosecute uh, marijuana cases, regardless of the stance of state law. Colorado, as we know, has legal marijuana, and uh, their senator fought hard for them uh, directly with Donald Trump. He blocked all Judicial Department nominees since that uh, memorandum was revoked and made a deal directly with Trump. And uh, the news reports indicate that Sessions was cut out of the discussion entirely to sort of— Well, go- isn't it entirely impractical— if nothing else, for the federal government to be trying to enforce federal law in a state where, you know, the the train has left the station a long time ago. So from a practical standpoint and the investment of man hours, it doesn't make any sense for the federal government to be prosecuting marijuana crimes, does it? It is practical for a prosecutor to have everything in the world be illegal so that when he picks the person out that he wants to charge with crimes, he can just go down a list and add them, right? Or, but there's only so much manpower that you can devote. Oh, yes. It's a triage so, operation, to right, be sure. Right. So they they haven't devoted many resources to it. But the point is, if you own a dispensary in Colorado, uh, should you be, you know, you have to be worried. You've got the sort of Damocles hanging over your head that any day they can come and take mm-hmm. you away, just like you were a murderer or somebody scamming someone, and you're just selling weed in Colorado, which your neighbors think is fine. And, in fact, better than fine, you're providing a valuable service, just like a butcher or baker. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, and providing valuable tax revenues for the government, of course. As we, as, tax as we keep circling back to that, yeah. that single item. Now, changing, switching gears here... The FBI has taken a beating 
in recent days and weeks and months mm-hmm. with uh, the histrionics of James Comey and him infuriating first the right, then the left, then the right again, and then he went on this big interview with George Stephanopoulos and this book tour, which has been a dud so far. And Us- a return, by the way, to examining Robert Mueller's uh, uh, tenure in the uh, Boston FBI office, where he oversaw some really problematic uh, uh, things. Uh, just, I mean, behavior, I don't know if you want to call it criminal or not, but he didn't disclose some people were uh, were not guilty to a court, and they served, I think, 20-plus years in prison. Uh, so he doesn't have clean hands either. Well, it's interesting to note that the same things they're saying about Robert Mueller, which is that he's a, a, a paragon of integrity, un, unquestioned sure. uh, in, integrity and competence. Like Abraham Lincoln or But George these are the Washington. same things that they said about James Comey just right. as recently as two or three years ago <laughs> yeah. before he melted down. So, But the point is that with the FBI taking a beating and losing the support of the public, this is not a good time for the 25th anniversary of the FBI siege in Waco to come yep. about, is it? No, Tim. The uh, April nineteenth is the day that uh, the FBI chose to basically invade the Branch Davidian Church and residence in Waco, Texas. Uh, there had been a ill-advised, ill-conceived, ill-executed uh, ATF search warrant raid to gather evidence of uh, violations of the National Firearms Act. They alleged that uh, this guy David Koresh and his followers were manufacturing machine guns and some other things. And uh, instead of uh, agreeing to Koresh's invitation to just walk on in and inspect his property and his guns, they chose to go for a a big flashy raid in order to uh, get funding for their uh, upcoming budgetary hearing. So when that went uh, haywire, which is, I mean, that's an understatement, a number of ATF agents, four lost their lives and four of the Davidian church members lost their lives in the initial raid. For 51 days, there was a siege of that uh, property by the FBI, and on April 19th, Janet Reno was convinced, uh, she convinced President Clinton and was convinced by her FBI to to assault the compound and uh, pump tear gas directly into these small rooms where children were uh, basically hiding from these tanks and uh, shooting what were called ferret rounds, which are basically like tear gas grenades into the house. It was uh, stunning. Uh, absolute abdication of the rights of the people involved uh we wouldn't do that to some iraqi uh war you know <laughs> in war Criminal, it was done yeah, yeah it's done mm-hmm. in the united states no no due process and nobody was ever really held accountable for it um they did a two-step and kind of evaded um evaded any kind of responsibility and and there were I think uh, was it was 26 or 32 children who uh, who perished in the fire that resulted from the raid and 78, I think, adults. And here's the kicker. Uh, two years later, on April 19th, when Timothy McVeigh bombed the Oklahoma City, uh, or bombed the Murrah Building in Oklahoma City, the largest attack uh, prior to the September 11th terrorist attacks on U.S. soil, uh, he did it because of the FBI's uh, mm-hmm. thing at Waco. So... That's another uh, add that, that to the body count, and that's all based on the FBI's malfeasance um, and the, this idea. It's kind of a perfect dovetail, like this idea that they're white knights or they're whatever. No, they're just people. There are plenty of good people there, 
And guess what? Good people do bad things all, all the time. Uh, and that's why they, when, when, when those good people have extraordinary power, like FBI agents do, it's incumbent upon us to exercise uh, dedicated, regular, and skeptical oversight of them. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, Tim. This program, Liberty Nation Radio, and LibertyNation.com's own podcast, The Uprising, are available to you on demand at LibertyNation.com and from fine podcast providers everywhere. So that is it for this week, but we'll be back at you next week. Same time, same station. Till then, this is Tim Donner saying stand up for liberty, and we'll see you next time on Liberty Nation. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.